February 9th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the Bible in the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 14 through 46. We'll see here that life presents us with many opportunities. How we respond to them depends on what we love and what we look for in life. The Jewish leaders looked for opportunity to destroy Jesus, while at the same time Jesus was anticipating the opportunity to obey his Father and bring him glory. Mary used the opportunity she had for expressing her devotion to Christ, but Judas used that same opportunity to criticize her. See, nothing given in love to Jesus is ever wasted. Judas was the one who ended up wasting his entire life. Jesus eagerly anticipated the opportunity to be with his disciples, even though he knew one would betray him, one would deny him, and all would forsake him. He sought to help them and prepare them for the trial before them. Peter missed his opportunities to become strong and be a victor. He boasted when he should have listened. He slept when he should have prayed. He fought when he should have surrendered and followed when he should have fled for safety. But when the opportunity came for him to repent, he wept. No matter what others did, Jesus was in complete command and knew how to make the most of every opportunity. Not as I will, but as you will. That's the secret. God will give you many opportunities today. Use them wisely. And now, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the Bible in the New Testament. February 9th, Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 through 46. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for the right time and place to betray Jesus. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover supper? As you go into the city, he told them, you will see a certain man. Tell him, The teacher says, My time has come, and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them, and prepared the Passover supper there. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve disciples. While they were eating, he said, The truth is, one of you will betray me. Greatly distressed, one by one they began to ask him, I'm not the one, am I, Lord? He replied, One of you who is eating with me now, will betray me. For I, the Son of Man, must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for my betrayer! Far better for him if he had never been born. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Teacher, I'm not the one, am I? And Jesus told him, You have said it yourself. As they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and asked God's blessing on it. Then he broke it in pieces, 
and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which seals the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Tonight all of you will desert me, Jesus told them. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Peter, Jesus replied, The truth is, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. No, Peter insisted, not even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Then Jesus brought them to an olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go on ahead to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he began to be filled with anguish and deep distress. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell face down on the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible... Let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you stay awake and watch with me even one hour? Keep alert and pray. Otherwise, temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. Again he left them and prayed. My father, if this cup cannot be taken away until I drink it, your will be done. He returned to them again and found them sleeping, for they just couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went back to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Still sleeping? Still resting? Look, the time has come. I, the Son of Man, am betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. See, my betrayer is here. Get saved, because then you won't. And I got saved and kept on doing. So then where am I supposed to go? Because apparently Jesus doesn't work for me. He goes, oh, no, 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 we'll, we'll work through this. But I'm not letting you go in the meantime. Oh, we'll get there. I'll finish it. I started it. I'll be faithful to finish. Don't give up. Keep walking. Keep pressing in. Keep confessing. But don't give up. I'll heal you. I won't let you go. There is no one who can condemn you. I don't. And if I don't, no one can. Who will even bring a charge against you? Your mind. What court could they possibly charge you in? Everything's mine. 
Eternity looked upon me, foreseeing my fallenness, my pride, my sin, and said, "I want that man in my family. I will do anything to get him in my family. I will pay for him to be in my family with my son's life." That's love, folks. That is mega, off the charts love. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. That, that's why. We've got this weird compartmentalization thing that happens where you don't think that God sees all that you are or that if he could have somehow knew who you were going to be, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. Um, listen, God knew you were going to be messy. Uh, Christ knew that you were going to be messy. God, God knows that you're going to screw up often. He knows that you're going to be drawn to things that are wicked. He knows that's what the cross is all about. It's the whole point of the cross is that you're going to fail and you're going to stumble and you're going to feel dirty and you're going to feel awkward and you go the whole point of the cross of Christ is there be this mighty picture of his love and pursuit of you despite you so the cross is necessary because of you but it's also the picture we have of just how far God is willing to go because he loves you No, I'm not bitter against the church. I just think somehow we've got off and there's all this talk about morality and people are conforming themselves to these moral codes, but they don't know Jesus. Who cares? It's the resurrection of Christ that justifies. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so big. It proves that all the wrath of God was poured out. It's gone. For the elect, it's gone. There is no more wrath. There's, there's none. So Jesus sees you and he's like, my son... My daughter, perfect, spotless, blameless. Yeah, he loves us. Oh, how he 
Psalm 31, verses 19 through 24. Your goodness is so great. You have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. You have done so much for those who come to you for protection. Blessing them before the watching world, you hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence far from accusing tongues. Praise the Lord, for He has shown me His unfailing love. He kept me safe when my city was under attack. In sudden fear, I had cried out, I have been cut off from the Lord. But you heard my cry for mercy and answered my call for help. Love the Lord, all you faithful ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to Him. But He harshly punishes all who are arrogant. So be strong and take courage, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 14 through 26. Good advice and success belong to me, wisdom. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just laws. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me. Those who search for me will surely find me. Unending riches, honor, wealth, and justice are mine to distribute. My gifts are better than the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness, in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth, for I fill their treasuries. The Lord formed me from the beginning, before He created anything else. I was appointed in ages past, at the very first, before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters. Before the mountains and the hills were formed, I was born, before He had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil. <laughs>